Bammers is sponsored by Dead Soxy. Best damn socks in the world. Period. What just happened? Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Oh, is that a good game or what? Nick Saban back on the summit where he has caught the bear with his sixth national championship. Bama has won five in nine years. This was a great win for our players, and I've never been happier in my life. Never, never. Alabama is back as the champion of college football. How about that? Well, Alabama did it again. They won another national championship under Nick Saban. And they did it in miraculous fashion, employing the arm of true freshman quarterback Tua Tungavailoa to lead a second-half comeback and win with a gutsy overtime touchdown pass to fellow freshman Devontae Smith to beat Georgia in Atlanta in what is now arguably the greatest single play in Alabama football history. By now, we've all seen how it played out on ESPN, but not everyone made it to Atlanta inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium to see it in person. We found four Alabama superfans who were in the building to relive how the whole day and ultimately that incredible play went down in real time. As you can imagine, it's a moment they won't soon forget. I mean, it was as if a damn bomb went off in the Georgia Dome. There was just a wave of emotion. It's like a ripple effect. Like, he caught it. He caught it. I felt like five years of taking off my life. I was jumping up and down like a sorority girl on bid day. I'm Ben Flanagan. Welcome to Bammers. Tell me sort of the circumstances of your going to Atlanta. Like, who are you going with? When did you arrive? That kind of thing. Well, it was kind of a, a somber start. Um, we had planned on getting over on Friday and going. I was going to go over to the basketball game on Saturday and then spend the rest of the weekend with my family in Atlanta. Um, but on uh, that week, my grandfather kind of took a turn for the worse, um, and he, he passed away on Thursday. Uh, and he was a great man. I'm, I'm so glad that I got to be there with him for that. And so I pretty much spent the rest of it, you know, canceled the – kind of canceled the trip. I knew I was going to get over for the game on Monday, but um, canceled the trip that we had and um, spent the weekend with my family. And on, uh, I guess it was Saturday afternoon, one of my friends um, who uh, actually lives in Atlanta but was getting a hotel room in Atlanta, and she contacted me and was like, hey, you have a place to stay? And I didn't have a place to stay. She was so kind. She knew that my grandfather passed away, knew that like my trip had kind of gotten canceled, and she just wanted to help me out. And so I went over and um, stayed in downtown Atlanta, a couple blocks from the team hotel, and got over there on um, on Sunday night. Went and had a good time on on Sunday night. Um, and then it was kind of like, all right, it's game day time. Like, and kind of got into game day mood. This is Hunter Johnson, Tuscaloosa native and longtime Alabama super fan. You probably know best as at Hunter L Johnson on Twitter. Is it any different for a national championship? Like, is it about the same? Or is there any more or less excitement? Or do you have more butterflies than usual? What, like on a national championship game day, what's your mood like? It's a very odd feeling. It's butterflies, and it's a lot of like, oh, I want to get out, and I want to have a good time with my friends. But then, like, it kind of hits you, man. It's like it's all good. Like, I went and did that for a little while. Like, when I went out to Buckhead and met up with the roundtable guys, I was having a good time, and then got back to the hotel and was going to go over to uh, the team hotel and meet up with some friends. But I was like, man, I need, I need to decompress a little bit. 
I need to just sit here, just watch a little TV. Like, let's not go too hard on game days. The national game, come on day. The game's not starting until 8.30. I was there with my friend Heather, and her mom was actually, how we got the tickets, her mom was a professor at UA for like 30, 40 years. And so when her ticket request got approved, she's like, hey, do you want to go? And I was like, uh, yeah. This is Alicia Pruitt, lifetime fan of the Tide, Hoover native, and a former member of the Million Dollar Band's Color Guard. I'm going to show the tickets, and she was like, if you drive, you can have it. And I was like, uh, yes, I'm there. So I drove um, from Nashville um, to Birmingham, and she came from Huntsville, and then I drove to Atlanta. So we were just kind of like kill time before we went in the dome because we knew we'd have to get in there, kind of get in line kind of early because security. So we knew it was going to take a little bit extra time than it normally would. So about an hour and 45, two hours before kick, we went ahead and got in line. And if you can tell I have a little bit of a frog in my throat right now, it's because of that. Because we sat out in, in, in the cold rain. I think it took us maybe 45 minutes to get in there with TSA security check. Well, I got a call from Rick the day before and said that he had four tickets in his hand for field suites and wanted to invite my dad and I to come over. And I thought, well, there's no chance I'm saying no to this. This is Conrad Thompson whom you probably know as host of the globally popular wrestling podcast Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. The Gunnersville native, who owns and runs a mortgage lending company in Huntsville, watched the game under pretty unique circumstances, sitting in the Alabama end zone between his father and his good friend and future father-in-law, legendary pro wrestler Rick Flair. So Dad and I woke up early, knocked out as much work as we could, and at 10 o'clock we hit the road and went to Rick's house and then uh, hung out for a little bit and then made our way to the Dome. And we went really early so we could be there in time to see the Darius Rucker concert and then cruise on over to the Dome. And I don't think anybody hoped for weather like we had, but in the end, that's not what anybody would be talking about, of course. We made our way downtown hours and hours and hours before kickoff, so we didn't have any sort of situations with traffic or anything. We actually got right in there. But when it came time to actually venture over from the concert to the actual dome, uh, that was another thing. The weather was brutal, and uh, the lines were just wrapped around the building. So when we get out, it's cold, it's rainy, it's windy, and I'm with Ric Flair, and we didn't already have like some sort of escort lined up. So as we're trying to figure out where the line ends, Rick looked at me and said, help me find the cop. And eventually he found a police officer who helped us get to the front of the line. But the metal detector situation was not one I was really expecting. I mean, not only did you go through the detector, but they had further wands. And, I mean, it was it was quite a happening because Trump was there. But it really added to the, the feel that, hey, this is a big event. Uh, this is going to be something pretty special. And uh, you know you're you're good friends with Ric Flair, and and so I'm I doubt this is anything new to you. But if you're somewhere public like a game like this, and where there are a lot of people, and I'm sure fans of his, and and potentially you know fans of yours too, considering the region and the fact that people know who you are now, is there a lot of stopping? I know that weather is is bad, but you know whether it's outside at the concert, on your way to the venue, in the line, in the venue. Are y'all stopping for, like, photo ops, people saying hello, fan interaction, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't go anywhere with Ric Flair in a public situation like that and not have people who want to say hello or, or get a picture of their moment with Rick. So there was a lot of that going on, but I wouldn't say 
you know, any more than normal at some sort of public gathering like that. But there are tons of old school wrestling fans at that game for sure. It took us a good solid 45 minutes to to get in there um, because the president was was coming. So we understood why it had to be extra security, but um, everybody in the line uh, was voicing their annoyance. <laughs> I guess we did okay, but I'm, I'm still fighting that cold a little bit that I got from that. Thanks, Trump. Okay, well, let me ask you about Trump real quick. So you make it into the building, and there's all this fanfare about Trump will be there. Security is obviously enhanced. What did you think about the fact that Trump was there? Like, I mean, we don't have to get into the politics of it or anything. It's up to you. But the president was at the Alabama National Championship game. The president was Trump. How did you feel about that? Other than it making me have to stand out and wait in line for security for an hour, I thought it was really, really cool. Um, And, you know, I didn't vote for the man, but I respect the hell out of the office. Just the same way, like, you know, if it had been Obama, I would have thought it would have been cool. Any president coming to that game, I think it just shows the magnitude of the game. And I think that's really, really cool. As you know, he wa- as we were in our seats and he and he walked out, um, you know, I was up cheering because that's, that's a really cool moment, I think, when the president comes to something like that. Like, I'd never seen Trump before. The only time I'd ever seen a U.S. president before was when I went to the White House with the football team back after the two, in 2016 after, for the national championship, celebrating that. And that was really cool. Um, so, like, you know, I just respect the office, and I think it's really cool when, you know, the president wants to come to that football game. Even if he only stays for one half, it's still cool that he was there. Well, I mean, it really made it feel like it was the event. I mean, it was a happening. Not only do you have all the football celebrities, but you've got mainstream celebrities, and then the most powerful person in the world is here to watch your football game. I mean, that says a lot about college football and its importance to the fabric of America that he would, you know, attend something like that. I thought it was really cool that a sitting president was there. As you said, sort of politics aside, whether you're for him or against him, it says a lot about college football when a sitting president shows up. I'm not going to lie. I was annoyed that he was uh, coming, not for the fact that saying that he has more important things to worry about than sports, um, like people used to say for President Obama when he talked about the NCAA, but we don't ever really hear about him showing interest in any sport except for golf. And so it's like, well, why do you choose now to come to the national championship game and show up when you show no interest in football besides commenting on players and saying uh, some disparaging remarks about NFL players? And that's the only interest we've seen that you've had in football. So um, that was, uh, to me, um, I just really didn't see the point of him being there. So I actually sat in two different spots, one place in the first half, one place in the second half. So you can kind of thank me and Tua for how our fortunes changed. Um, the first half, I was in the upper deck um, on about the sixth row, 30-yard line. Well, it's my first time being in a field suite, and uh, i got to say it was pretty cool. I mean, it's just like what you would normally see in a suite. You've got, you know, a bathroom and then a bunch of TVs and a refrigerator and bar stools and all your foods and drinks and whatnot. But then a series of seats that were very nice right outside of the actual room itself. Uh, so they're the, the big oversized, cushioned, super comfortable theater-style seating. And we were, to my surprise, like right on the field. Um, I couldn't have imagined a better place to watch the game than right there. Now that I've had a field tweet, I mean, I think that might be one of the best spots to watch a game because it feels like you're a part of it. You get a real 
feel for the action when they're playing in your end zone and a reference for the size and scale of some of these athletes. How would you describe sort of like the general atmosphere of the game? Well, for us, the atmosphere started when we were heading to the game because we rode MARTA in, just parked at one of the MARTA stations and rode MARTA in. And so uh, it was mostly Georgia people on the MARTA, whether it's people leaving work or other fans going to the game. And so on the um, on MARTA, like I got into it with two people on MARTA. <laughs> so for me, it started way before the game. And then... Um, Wait, what do you mean you got into it with people? Not fight, but they, um, they, we had on our Alabama stuff and they were like, y'all need to take that hat off. And we're like, I'm like, uh, what do you mean take the hat off? This is the only team we're cheering for. And they were like, oh no, we're going to send y'all back to Alabama crying, blah, blah. And if somebody provokes me, I'm going to be ready to stand up for my team. So they provoked me. And so I just went toe to toe with them. That's all. <laughs> What's your stress level like combined with, I guess, the kind of fun that you're having? Well, it, it's super fun to me, and I feel like in Alabama we've really been spoiled with this run with Nick Saban. So I've kind of been okay with us not winning another national championship for a while. You know, I was a long-suffering Alabama fan who thought 92 was going to be it, and then when 09 happened, I thought, well, if we never get another one, I'm happy. And we went on this crazy runs even when we lost last year to Clemson I wasn't too tore up about it it was a phenomenal game and how could you be upset with what Saban's been able to produce otherwise so I didn't think that this was going to be the end of the world if Alabama wasn't able to pull it off and at halftime it certainly didn't look like they were going to you know when they scored to end the first half I was feeling pretty down at that point and I think most Alabama fans were I had kind of come around to the idea that Tua needed to go in, that we had to try something, because I just don't think that, like, yo, we might not, here's my thinking at the time, we might not win with Tua, but I just don't see us winning with Jalen at all, so we've got to try something. I'm kind of stressing out a little bit. I have a lucky bracelet, well, I have lucky jewelry that I wear, and like, you know, it's only crazy if it doesn't work, right? So I have other people invested on me wearing this jewelry at the game. So I had that stuff on, so I was like, it's okay. I got my lucky bracelet. I got the earrings and the necklace on. We're going to be good. It's going to be good. But for a minute, I was, I got real. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, okay, come on, y'all. Let's, let's do this. But I was still confident that they would somehow pull through. I, one of my friends was kind of like maybe 15 rows behind where we were sitting. We kept looking at each other, finding each other across the crowd and we're like signal to each other and be like, okay, we got this. We got this. We're going to pull our team through. And uh, during halftime when I went to <laughs> talk to her, her and her friend, they were like, we can't talk right now. We we just need a moment. And so everybody, I think, started panicking a little bit during the first half. But I, I try to stay calm. Like like I said, I'm one of those fans that like um, it takes something real drastic for me to be like, okay, this is it. We're done for. I felt like we were probably going to lose, um, and I got into that box, and to see the Georgia fans, you would have thought that they had already won the game. I mean, they're, t- they're taking pictures. They are just on cloud nine, and it really was like I had made jokes that week about how like they're acting like they've never been there before, probably because they've never been there before, but like it was clear that they had never been there before because even I, like, I, I, mean, I still remember, I, I, it was probably a lot like how I was in 2009, or two, you know, January 2010 at the Rose Bowl. 
because, you know, I had been to a national championship game before in 92, but, like, this is my first one that's kind of like a grown-up. It's like I was probably a little bit too much on cloud nine at that point then, too. So I guess I, I, I was probably guilty then, but, like, that's how these people seemed. They were just so, so up. And, like, there was no – they could – you could tell, like, there was nothing in the back of their mind that thought that they were going to lose this football game. I was still confident. I offered to make a uh, pretty substantial bet with Rick that Alabama would still come from behind. I felt like Saban was going to be able to make adjustments. I don't know that I expected as big of an adjustment, but I know that uh, the second quarter or the second half and the fourth quarter specifically is where Saban's teams shine. So I was being optimistic, but I was also going to be a realist. You know, they can't win them all. But it turns out maybe they can. Okay, and so the second half starts, and there's Tua. Throwing again. Enzo. Tungabaloa, plenty of time, surveying the field, fires end zone, touchdown! When he goes in, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a moment of hope. I don't, I didn't view it as desperation, I really viewed it as hope. Like, Alright, this needed to happen. When he actually went in, I was like, alright, we're going to see how this goes, but if he started messing up, they're going to pull him. Dad and I thought it was a mistake, and that tells you why we do mortgages and not football. Let's stick with him, let's give him a little bit of time. And sure enough, next drive, he has that crucial third and seven scramble to get the first down and then it was just like boom 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 touchdown so when he got in and the offense looked like they were starting to click a little bit more i was like okay all right the georgia people next to us they were kind of looking like i like to call boo boo face they were looking real sick i got great pride out of that because they were being real annoying first half that's when kind of like the battle started to me that was when the grind started stick around for more bammers Step into fall in style. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. This is the first step in dressing for the job you want, not the job you have. From no-shows to the boardroom, or you just want to showcase your own style, Dead Soxy has your feet covered. Go to deadsoxy.com and enter the code BAMMERS at checkout to receive 25% off all orders. going for that field goal. Now, that was the most sick I've ever been in my life. And this will be the final play to decide whether or not Alabama will roar back and claim a fifth championship in nine years and prolong Georgia's drought in painful fashion. A miss, of course. We headed overtime. Andy had a 47-yard field goal that was huge. Like, that was a huge moment for us. And, like, people give, are going to give Andy, you know, crap for how he, he missed the, the potential game winner. But, like, the one that he made was a longer field goal and a huge, huge field goal for us. The emotions where I was sitting was a very somber one because it's all Georgia fans. And so they've just sort of had the wind knocked out of their sails in a big way. And now here comes the game-winning field goal right into our end zone. Papanastas for the national championship from 36 yards. I didn't think he was going to make the kick. And I don't mean to sound like a jerk here. That's nothing against Andy. I just didn't think he was going to make it. I didn't really think he was going to miss it like as poorly as he did. Um, But I just just didn't think that we'd make it. When it didn't happen, it was pandemonium in our box. And I also knew that meant this is going to line up to be maybe the greatest 
college football championship ever because we're going to overtime. We're okay. You know, like I said, we, we've been moving the ball on offense. We've been holding them pretty well on defense. Like, let's win this thing in overtime. Congratulations to both teams. We still don't have a champion. We're going to keep playing until we get one. I mean, we get the sack, and I'm really high, and I'm thinking, all right, I know they have a good kicker, but he's actually not going to make this 51 yard. Surely not. And then he just drains it. Like, what a huge kick by that guy. Hot Rod just slides it through. When they got the field goal, and he made, I think it was a 51 yard field goal, I was like, must be nice to have somebody you can trust to kick a field goal. Yeah, and so we get to overtime, and it lasts all of like five minutes. Like it's, it just flies by. Alabama forces the three and out. They force the field goal. It's pretty much what you want when you're on defense first. And then and a little bit of the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, like the whole kicker thing, it's going to bite us at the ass because they had a good one, and ours isn't as good. But then I also felt confident about, you know, with, with two. Tunga Bailoa dancing around, circling back. A disastrous first down play. He takes the sack and... Which is pretty concerning. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, they're like, okay, well, that's it. Like, I mean, how's Alabama going to claw its way out of this on second and 26? What's going to happen? And then, boom. Once again, ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. The touchdown happens, and it's the greatest football memory of my entire life. Like, I didn't realize I was holding my breath that long until I got, I was lightheaded when I started breathing again. I could not breathe. Every four words, I had to stop and try to breathe, and I was like, oh my, oh my, oh my. I couldn't even do Rammer Jammer because I was so just like hyperventilated 100% elation I was jumping up and down like a sorority girl on midday like it was unbelievable I won't say that I cried but like I did like get a little like teary up because it was like I was, there was so much happening it was just like such a rush out of all the games I have been to I have not felt like that I felt like five years were taken off my life I mean, it was as if a damn bomb went off in the Georgia Dome. I mean, there was just a wave of emotion, good and bad, all at the exact same time. But it's the loudest, rowdiest, most crazy ending to a football game I've ever experienced in a Dome. And then you look around, and, like, we're just celebrating like crazy, and then I kind of stop, and I look around and just, like, see the Georgia fans and just, like, how shocked and, like, in despair they are. Which they have been kind of jerks during the game, too, so I didn't really mind it. was out of this world because I was sitting with the band so we were on the opposite end zone so we're all quiet and we're all watching this pass go up and then as soon as he catches it it's like a ripple effect like he caught it he caught it and you're we're all jumping up and down and like did we win did we just win like what do we have to do and we're all looking for a flag and then when we realized there wasn't a flag we're like oh my gosh and we're it, it was unrealistic to me to be brutally honest this is Lena Paradiso, current senior captain of the Million Dollar Band's Color Guard, 
who we caught having a bit of an emotional moment during the band's post-game performance of the Rammer Jammer song just moments after Alabama won. You know, people were just overcome with, with joy and, and celebrating, and, and some were overcome with emotion. And I caught you on camera, and, and you seemed very emotional in the moment. <sighs> to be honest, I was, because it was my last game in my, in my uniform, because I'm a senior. And we had just lost one of our members, Stephanie Cartagena. And it was just like, you know, we wish we could, she could have been there. And I can't explain how going through four years of a million-dollar band meant everything to me in that moment and winning it just made it that much sweeter what is it like to perform a rammer jammer after a win like that i mean you have to jump right into it and and your your emotions come with you but i mean can you describe sort of like the feeling of of joy that you all obviously feel and how good it feels to to perform after a, a such an amazing moment on the video you can just tell we are extremely like out of this world you can tell and so To be honest with you, I couldn't believe that I was actually screaming the words. And we were jumping up and down, and (laughs) I felt like I was going to pass out, to be brutally honest, because it was such an up-and-down game. So I was like, if I scream and then I stop screaming, maybe someone will realize that I had passed out and gotten help. (laughs) Where does this one stack up? How satisfying was this win as it happened the night of? compared to others? Number one, it's not favorite. And I realize like there's probably some recency bias here, but I would say it's number one. Just everything that happened, the adversity we overcame, heck, even the fact that we lost to Auburn and yet still ended up winning the national championship, like it's, it's all like just perfect. It's like it really did become, it's like my favorite. It's my favorite championship and possibly, even though 09 might, it's probably right there with it, it's probably my favorite team too. There's just lots of subplots and sub storylines here that made this really, really interesting, and it would have been a fairy tale type win for Georgia that's almost out of a movie. And then Alabama just put a stop to that with one Hail Mary from a freshman in overtime. It's too good to be true. This is definitely the best one. Like, this is number one. The up and down of just not only fans, but of analysts and everybody not believing in the team. For them to block all of that out, to lose to Auburn, to beat Clemson after the way we lost last year, to me the team showed the resiliency and the, like in the fight song, pluck and grit that other teams in the past I don't think have had to face as much scrutiny as this team, this 2017 team had to face. Just all of that combined just just made it like amazing. it, It was just I, I can't, like, it, hands down, I think it's going to be a while before something else beats it. The championship beats this one. Thanks to Hunter Johnson, Lena Paradiso, Alicia Pruitt, and Conrad Thompson. Join us as we continue our deep dive into Alabama football's fascinating fan culture. The fans, like a lot of a lot of times when fans love you, it's because you're doing well for the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to call out our fans, but um, there's a lot of times when the team doesn't do well and the fans don't support us. There's a lot of times when the um, team does great and the fans are your best friend. Next time on Bammers.
Additional clips from ESPN and the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Bammers is produced and hosted by Ben Flanagan for AL.com. You can find all episodes and other bonus content on iTunes, Google Play, and at AL.com slash Bammers. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple or wherever you download your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Tired of dress socks that won't stay up? No shows that slip in your loafer? Dead Soxy has applied its patent-pending technology to ensure you don't have to experience either of those issues. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. Visit deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And enter the code BAMMERS at checkout to receive 25% off all orders.